Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time time. for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert's here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online and of course they feature live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they have every sport so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, a very, very happy National Pizza Day to you, the number one pie out there. Say this for me one more time. I'm internalizing exactly what the day is today. It's, it's National Pizza Day. And something about what my number one pie was? Uh, it was my number one pie when we did this on, on a big board a few months ago. A pizza pie. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Pizza, Sorry, the pizza, the pizza, the pizza, the pie. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, best and worst pizza topping. Um, in, uh, impromptu big board. Impromptu top five big board of pizza toppings. Go. No, I just want. I just. I just want UDFA and first overall pick. UDFA. Pepper. UDFA green peppers. Man, no. Green peppers, UDFA. UDFA is obviously onions. Or, or onion or olives. Any of those are UDFAs. Olives are good. Onions are bad. Can't, um, not edible. Black, olive, extra black, che- black olives on a pizza are really good. It's trash. Is extra cheese a topping? What is extra? Is extra cheese count? Well, five-year-old that, Chris Schubert here that'd be like a fi- extra cheese that's a f- as, his, his, as his first overall pick topping. No, that, I, that'd be like a fifth or sixth round topping. I think, I think sausage cheese. is probably the number one topping. First round topping, top ten grade. Oh, where's pepperoni at? Number uh, one. It's a, good, it's, it's a good. It's a good round two, round three. I, mm. I think pepperoni. Good solid, value. It, it's it's good like, value. I, I I never jump at like oh my god they have pepperoni like. I'm relieved when it's pepperoni because I know what I'm getting. You never know what people are hiding on these pizza slices, man. There's fruit on them sometimes. Pineapple's a UDFA. Can, yeah. I was gonna Can't say, can can we? I was going to ask, can we agree not to make the pineapple pizza debate? A debate here on the show, but you guys already went there. So, well, you asked for bad pizza toppings, and so Joe's, it's obvious Joe, to bring it up. We, we Joe gave says, let people like things until you get pizza on them. What's well, my personal preferences? If you want to put pineapple on your pizza, you do you. But to me, it's disgusting. You think you'd be a little bit more tolerant? 
I am tolerant. If I don't have to deal with it, it's fine. You said it's do whatever disgusting. you want. It is. Um, it doesn't mean you can't like it. I'm going to do the thing again. Just real quick. Okay. I would have a stromboli 10 times out of 10 before I had a pizza. Yeah, this has been a new trend with you in recent years. The uh, stromboli not, not, thing. Recent years. So is it a new trend if it's in recent years? Well, yeah. I, I, you went from I've never seen you eat Italian food to all of a sudden it's not weird for you to order a stromboli. It's because it's bussin'. Because it's what? Bussin'. Bussin', okay. Yeah, it's bussin'. Which is surprising because it's basically just more bread. Right, but I don't eat all the dough. So you like having the ability to I, I like the cheese the, and the toppings of a pizza without the, the marinara sauce. And I can eat it cleaner in a stromboli. Kyle Krabs, hater of Italian food. Uh, actually not, but... Feels like it. Okay. It's the way okay. I feel. Okay, you wanna, do we want to talk some football? Uh, We're yeah. going to get into a well, quick today, quick, quick, quick transition into football talk today. Yeah, I, I think the last couple of days it's taken about seven or eight minutes. So we've we've reduced that we've by cut a that in half. Margin. Yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, you felt you felt some type of way about the Hall of Fame class being delivered tonight. Yeah, so the NFL awards are are being handed out tonight. Is that correct? Tonight. Yep. So I wanted us to, and I know we did this when the the short list first came out, but I wanted us to revisit any final predictions that we had for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Okay. I was going to say, would you like the 15 modern era finalists? Sure. Uh, Devin Hester. Yeah. Joe Thomas, Dwight Freeney, Daryl Rivas, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber. Did I say Dwight Freeney? Yes, I did. Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. So is this a big, like, is your is your motivation here the Zach Thomas piece of this? Because I know you've been pounding the table for that for a number of years. Um, I have a prediction for Zach Thomas for tonight, yes. Is the prediction that he does not get in? I, I predict he does get in. Really? I, I'm here to tell you, I predict Zach Thomas is a pro football Hall of Famer by the time you listen to tomorrow's episode of DraftKings. Well, he wouldn't be inducted, but he would be announced as a part of this year's class. I feel like I feel like there's a reason you said that. Well, I, if you would have just asked my five, I'd have given you my five, and Zach Thomas would have been included, and you could have reacted in whatever way you could have. Right? No, but I wanted to isolate it, see what I can pry. Well, from isolate you. the variable. Right. Uh, it's just a gut feeling. Okay, so only five of these guys get in. Only five. I don't think Darrell. Uh, I do think Darrell Revis does. Yep. I do think Daryl Rivas does. Chris, if that's the case, we should go to uh, Canton if they both get in. If they both get in? Sure, let's go. Yeah, we should go to Canton together in the in the summer. Um, I think Daryl Rivas is slam dunk. I think Torrey Holt gets in this time. 
I think he gets in over Andre Johnson. I think Zach Thomas gets in over Patrick Willis. Uh, I think Dwight Freeney gets in. I don't think Devin Hester does, even though I think he should get in. Joe Thomas? So put me down. Joe Thomas, yes. So three first ballot Hall of Famers. Joe Thomas, Daryl Revis, and who is the third Freeney. that would be a first ballot? Dwight Freeney. Freeney. Yes. So you have and those three I, plus Torrey Holton, Zach Thomas? Uh, I think uh, I think we're going to swap um, Holt out for DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, I, come on, DeMarcus Ware. Uh, DeMarcus if Ware Dwight Freeney's a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, what's DeMarcus well, well, Ware? No, let me do this. DeMarcus Ware gets in over Dwight Freeney. And then I can have Torrey Holton, Zach Thomas as my five. So you say Revis, Thomas... Holt, other Thomas, where? Predict the Marcus where? Yes. Yes. That's my prediction. <sighs> There's a reason you? you're – no, I would – I I disagree on the Zach Thomas thing predictably. Okay. But, but the fact that you are here making claims like this leads me to believe that – I haven't made a single claim. No, you I can't in with confidence. This has been a thing for years. I just, I just, I just have a feeling. That's all. Man, okay. Well, I no, I don't want to disagree with you because I don't want, to, I don't want you to have that. I don't want you to have like, <laughs> you know what? I mean? <laughs> so you're gonna fall in line just so because you don't want the bragging rights. No, I. It's not. It's not that I. I just don't want to be. I don't want to challenge you on it and then you're right that's that's honestly what it is oh, okay okay you'll bet like a box of built bar on no see you know you won't you already aware of this chris do you want to bet a box of built bar on zach thomas's Don't, hall of fame chris, no now, now that now now the fact that you're trying to get me involved makes me know well, i'm just asking if anybody so wants out. to take up a built bar box no i'm just asking no reason i'm just asking yeah no i'm uninterested no thank you yeah trying to Mm. okay well that, that that's my prediction for a final five joe i don't know if you have one chris i don't know if you have one but i figured with them doing that with the the awards tonight the nfl awards uh i'd shoot my last shot so okay. joe thomas zach thomas tory holt demarcus Ware, and daryl revis that is your that is my final prediction for your your five hall of fame inductees for the class of 2023 Call it the the formal draft dude's prediction on behalf of Kyle Krabs. So nobody oh. nobody wants to. I would maybe take Terry Holt out and put Andre Johnson in. I'd probably flip those two. Really? Don't you feel yeah. like there's like a the association with those Rams offenses that are going to matter a lot for Holt, where Johnson, like for as good as he was, was never part of like these revolutionary offenses. Just like one of the better receivers during his time. That's fair. That's fair, but he was one of the better receivers during his time, and isn't that what we're doing here? If you're, if, yeah, but that historical that is affiliation yes. is going to mean something in the eyes of the voters. My opinion. I don't know. I'm just so used to the Baseball Hall of Fame where they just argue n- nonsense. It doesn't just, feel like that just happens. For no one with, to, just for no one to get in? That's yeah, not I don't really Scott. understand what, the what, whole what baseball. What percentage Scott, of votes do you Scott, need? You need 75% for the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it wasn't nobody. Scott Rowland got in. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland was the the was he the ever only... like a dominant player? Uh, yes, one of the best third basemen of his era. 
I don't remember um, in no, my he heyday. Yeah, I'd be watching the Mets games and not really afraid of Scott Rowland. I feel like that's a you problem, not a... Scott Rowland was never even the best uh, third baseman in his own division at any point. Scott Rowland was never the best third baseman in his own division. Um, uh, he shared it with Chipper Jones the entire time. No, he did not, because Scott Rowland played for the Cardinals, which was the National League Central. So I mean, this guy had one season Was that his Hall of Fame years? Was his yes. Cardinals years? Now I'm gonna my guy's up. got more go to seasons. Baseball reference here. My guy's got more seasons of under ten home runs than he does with more than thirty. Imagine using home runs as your justification. Yeah, for who cares? You hit dingers. A couple of simple, simple right. baseball fans here. Do you hit dingers know. or do you not? It's not how that works. My guy didn't have hundred RBIs in his last ten seasons. I think his highest was fifty-six. Okay, so Roland played. 90, yeah, 95, 83. Yeah, he had a few. 95, 96 through 2002 in Philadelphia. And then he was effectively exclusive in the NL Central with one stop in Toronto. Yeah, man. I, this guy just played forever. Right. This is like putting Vinny Testaverde in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful like that. <laughs> Oh, people are going to be fired up by this, aren't they? Oh, but Joe, he finished uh, 14th in the MVP voting in 2010. Is that is that his highest ever? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a no, no, no. He finished no. fourth. He, fourth he in 2004. Congratulations on your one top 10 finish in MVP voting. Once. And he played 100 seasons. A Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer Eight because time. he didn't take the juice. Okay. A-time gold glover, which means he was excellent okay. at defense. Okay. Was the rookie of the year in 1997. Ooh. Was a one, time All Star. Was a career. You know, at the top 280, of Pro Baseball Reference, it, it puts all these numbers down for you. A 281 on base percentage. Or a 281 batting oh. average in his career. Is 281 even like how many how many hitters in the history of baseball have a batting average below 285? Uh, it's Genuine more than question. you, I don't you would think. I, it's more than you would think. Apparently, this is the most exclusive Hall of Fame club in all of sports. So I would assume it's, with it all of the is. gatekeeping that's required for, by the, the voters that you'd have a very high bar to clear. And I just didn't think 300 home runs at a 280 career average across 20 seasons. All are very good for to get you so, yeah, Well, no, no, very, actually, he, Joe, he's no, Joe, actually, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's actually in the he's Hall Matthew of Fame. Stafford. So. That, that, this settles the Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame debate. Once no, but did Scott Rowland ever win the World Series? I don't I think, think so. I think it is disrespectful to Scott Rowland to say he's Matthew Stafford. Scott Rowland is a better third baseman than Matthew Stafford is a quarterback. I thought you were a Mets fan. I thought you were, Chris. Yeah, listen, I, I am a, listen to you I going to bat for a Phillies third baseman. Right. You hate to see it. Also, he, he right. won a World Series in 2006. What are you talking about, Joe? People forget that. You know, that's how forgettable that was. I could tell the story of baseball. <laughs> and by, and by people rolling. forget, by people forget, you mean you forget. <laughs> Can we is talk it, about uh, the Super Bowl, it, please? Yeah, real quick. But just is is it standard for um, Hall of Fame hitting third baseman to never have more than 174 hits in a single season? Ooh, is that good? Wow. Never even what got are we to doing? 175, so, so among, much less 200 hits. So among Hall of Fame third basemen, the average career war for the 16 Hall of Fame third basemen that were in there is 68.4. Scott Rowland's career war is 70.1. The seven-year peak war for the average Hall of Fame third baseman is 43.0. 
Scott Rowland's seven-year peak war was a 43.6. His war per 162 was 5.6. It's a made-up stat. It's not a made-up It's not. No, it's made up. Hey, Joe, all stats are made up. All stats are made up at some point. No, that one's literally made up. You either hit a home run or you didn't. We count them one at a time. What what was his war, Chris? Wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. No, I know know what war is. I'm asking what his war was. His his career war was 70.1. 70.1? Correct. So across 100 years, he was worth 70 more wins than if they had a different third baseman? If they had a replacement level third baseman. That longevity matters here. That's part of him playing for as long as he did. Congratulations on having not even one of the top 100 wars in the history of baseball. Wow. Wow. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the guy who was fourth place all time, uh, not in the Hall of Fame. Is it Pete Rose? No. Or is it Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I, right. I, Congratulations so, on Roger Clemens for having the eighth greatest no, war of all time. We've normalized him being, being an average being baseball in, player because he played third base. Because that's where you blind up on the field. That's a hard position to play, balls. Joe. Congratulations to Alex Rodriguez for having the 16th highest war of all time. A much better for third baseman than Scott Rowland and not it, being in the Hall of Fame. It's hard because the throw's the furthest across the diamond to get the first base. Correct. It's called the hot <laughs> corner for a reason, Joe. Come on. <laughs> this is goofy. <laughs> Can we talk okay. about the Super Bowl, please? Our Hall of Fame discussion is done. And we spent more of it on the baseball Hall of Fame and Scott yeah. Rowland than we, yeah, did, thanks, Chris. we did about the football Hall of Fame. I didn't bring it up, did I? I thought somebody else did. You brought up Scott Rowland. Because we said no, it was really I hard brought, to get no, into. No, no. You're like, oh, no, I, not I, nobody got in. Scott no, Rowland got in. That's not true. It. It's like, oh, I brought up I brought up the Baseball Hall of Fame because I was like, I'm just so used to this being like contentious and there being arguments. And that was where I was going to end the conversation. And then Joe said, well, nobody got in. And I'm not going to let my friend be wrong. So I then shared that Scott Rowland got what in. What a martyr. What a martyr. <laughs> so okay. now look, look, look at right. the Super Bowl. Talk about the Super Bowl. There's, yeah, the Super Bowl, Chiefs, Eagles, in case you didn't know. Um, go Birds! Talk- yeah, for, go Birds. Yeah, go for sure. Birds. Like that go guy. Birds. That guy with the Vikings fans. Have you seen that video? No. This is from a few years the ago. The only video I watched Did today this- was a trailer sent to me by my good friend Kyle, Kyle J. Krabs. How in are we on this movie? <laughs> I got to give it a spin. I got to at least give it a spin. Yeah. I didn't watch the trailer that you sent yet. You I didn't watch it. it. No. Should I do oh it right now? Should I Lord. mute and watch? Watch it. Watch it. Mute. Watch and then come back and tell okay. us how in right, you, you are guys... on the movie. Okay. Stand by. Okay. All right. So while while that's happening, can I talk about the Chiefs? Yeah. Go for it. Um. <clears throat> you know all this conversation about committing cap space to quarterbacks. You know, forty five million a year is what Pat Mahomes is getting, and how hard it is to. Uh, build up a meaningful remainder of team to support that quarterback. And well, we had three quarterbacks on rookie deals uh, that were in the championship games and then Pat Mahomes. Well, I think over the last 12 seasons or something like that, we've had three quarterbacks on rookie deals actually win the Super Bowl. So it's not this like tried and oh, true thing that's that a, people should care so much about. a little statistic you have yeah. there, Joe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really overblown conversation. But what what the it does create stress. I will I – will, I will, uh, concede that point and where I think we really should celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs is how good of a job they've done with drafting around their big ticket contracts big ticket contracts like Pat Mahomes like Travis Kelsey like Joe Tooney at left guard um, like Chris Jones at defensive tackle right they've got some big ticket players that are very expensive but when you're able to find a Creed Humphrey in the second round and he turns into one of the best centers in the game 
Uh, Trey Smith, uh, a really high impact starting right guard in the sixth round. You get a, a, a running back in Isaiah Pacheco, who's been an impact player for them in the seventh round. Uh, when you're able to flip a, a roster cornerstone like Tyreek Hill, that's still an elite player in the NFL. There's no question about it. But you were able to assess the situation and get meaningful capital back uh, that allows you to not pay him, but also use the the capital that you got in exchange to find more answers for your roster, like a George Karloftis, like a uh, Trent McDuffie, who's starting for them in the slot. Jalen Watson, a seventh-round pick, starting for them. You know, they're getting meaningful contributions from depth players on defense, like Brian Cook and Josh Williams and Leo Chanel, who are all second, third, fourth-round rookies this year. Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job of hitting dingers, okay, Wow, with non-first-round picks, and even sometimes with first-round picks to support their big-ticket items. So as much as this is about Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, this is great. This is a great job by Brett Veach to make sure he's got meaningful contributors on rookie deals to balance out their roster. And this team is loaded with assets moving forward. They have good draft capital and they have a lot of cap space. And so the vision here is just outstanding by Brett Veach and and really, really, we should be celebrating it. So I have some follow-ups, but I want to give Chris a chance. He just wrapped watching the movie trailer for Strays with Will Jamie Foxx. Do you guys think I have any interest in seeing that movie? Oh, like any you don't whatsoever? Like fun? Just you don't like fun. Hates fun. Fun. He that movie fun. looks like it's going to be the worst movie of the oh. year. <laughs> that is oh. a worst movie. You know what? I take that back. The only thing that might be worse is that stupid cocaine, cocaine bear. bear movie. Okay? It's the thing that might be worse. Will Ferrell is a talking dog. Get out of here. By, yeah, by the way, in. Will Ferrell passed his prime. My column. I don't disagree with you there. It's probably, it's probably true. Um, it's probably true. Have you seen, speaking of talking dogs, yeah. What's the yeah. what's the cartoon dog with that was voiced by Rodney Dangerfield? Do you know what cartoon that is? No. I mean, Google is your friend. You should be able to uncover this pretty quickly. Droopy dog. I don't know. No. Uh, Rover Dangerfield. Okay, I'm not familiar with him. Uh, I'll send you that. I'll send you that trailer. Wait, can Andrews we talk about Chris's hoodie? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. This shows. This shows completely off the rails. <laughs> Happy Trees University with Bob Ross on the front. Uh, Where'd you get that? Uh, my mom sent it to me for Valentine's Day. That's I love oh, that much. Early Valentine's kudos Day to, present. To, she to got the mom. memo. I, they. She surely. She remembered. She remembered. She remembered. She remembered. We are going to remind everybody tomorrow about tomorrow. the reminder. Tomorrow about yeah. your gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, I, I think that the big thing about the Chiefs that's an interesting conversation is what percentage, and we've seen the Rams have some success with this as well, what percentage of this is the players around a nucleus of elite players and an elite coach being turnkey? versus what percentage of this is actually like it's it's much easier to find peripheral players when elite players have such a broad range of of capabilities so my question for you is how do you negotiate between the outcomes that we got 
with all of these peripheral players, and like that's not taking anything away. And I don't want to call Creed Humphrey as an example of peripheral player. He's he's legitimately one of the best centers in football. But some of these other names that you are mentioned are more fringe players with very individualized skill sets. So how do you how do you compartmentalize the job of the Chiefs personnel staff to find isolated hits and then also isolating individual skills and putting them in a premium position to have success because they have elite players around them. Well, I've, I, certainly they just, they've drafted better and they've had higher draft picks. They're not out there trading multiple first round picks away to get players. The players that they have that are stars are players that they drafted. Patrick Mahomes moving up to get him uh, was a pick 10 uh, Chris Jones, a second round pick, Travis Kelsey, a third round pick. So they were able to get their stars by drafting them. And the only, I mean, I, I guess cup and Donald are certainly examples of players that the, the, the Steeler or the Rams were able to draft. But, uh, when you think about some of the other pieces, they've given up significant resources in Stafford and Ramsey to, to get those players. While the chiefs have been able to find them in the second third round, sometimes even later getting meaningful contributors. So I think they've had a a better success rate drafting. They've, instead of trading four players, I know that they traded for Tony and Orlando Brown, but I think you can look at the, what they gave up for those players and realize that it was pretty modest. And obviously they, they did something the Rams would never do. And they traded away Tyreek Hill um, to set themselves up with even more players to balance out their roster. So it's the hit rate on on the drafting, and I think a lot of stability as well within their coaching staff. I mean, how long has it been Reed, Bienemy, Spags, Dave Tube, right? Like that's been the core of their coaching staff. Certainly they've right. lost some pieces along the way, but having that established system in place to continue fitting these guys into the to the, the vision here with like, you call them specialized roles, well, that's easier to identify when you have year-over-year consistency with what your schemes are. So I think those are some of the big factors that come to mind when I can pair the two teams. Um, there's always an element of luck that's involved Absolutely. with getting to and playing in a Super Bowl, right? But I, I think about my own team's gambles that they have taken, and I contrast those with some of the hits that Kansas City has had, and I think – if you can tip your cap to Kansas City for drafting a player like Trey Smith amidst the medical concerns that caused him to fall. Isaiah Pacheco was a player who was not as productive as he could have been in college because he was not always on the field. So I think for for Kansas City, one of the things that went right this season is those kinds of players have continued to be reliable players. And... um, that's the inherent risk that's always involved with player evaluation from a college to pro level standpoint. And kudos to the Chiefs um, training staff and, and strength and conditioning programs and so on and so forth to make sure that these players are, are well positioned to stay durable and, and be available for the team down the stretch. But I think that's an element that, that should not get glossed over here for a couple of the key players that you mentioned, Joe, is these were not slam dunk home run, these players are going to be available all the time. One other thing I want to bring up about the Chiefs is they've done such a good job year over year of playing their best football at the right time. 
I feel like every year I get to this point with Kansas City where I'm like, man, I just I don't know if they have it on defense. They're playing tight games. I know they win, but everything's tight. Like again, seems that you don't really expect it to be tight. But when it's time to turn it on, they turn it on like nobody else. And I mean, obviously they've been to what the last five AFC championship games. This will be three of the last four Super Bowls that they're going to play in. And so I think that ability to flip that switch when they need to uh, is something we can't overlook in the success that this Chiefs organization has had over the last five years. So you take all that and you foil that against Philadelphia. And that's where this gets really fun. Yes. Because it's it's just about the damn near inverse of everything right. that you just said. You have Jalen Hurts, a second round pick at quarterback, who was effectively a contingency plan at first mm-hmm. when the Eagles had Carson Wentz and he had come back from the injury and, and they had moved on from Nick Foles and kind of cleared up the air at quarterback. And then they restarted the pot, drafted Hurts in the second round. They are a team who was very aggressive this offseason in trading for A.J. Brown as compared to trading away Tyreek Hill, trading Mm -hmm. for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They were very aggressive in free agency uh, to spend a lot of money. They do not have an Andy Reid. Ironically, the Andy Reid Super Bowl is is Eagles and Chiefs, uh, but they hired Nick Sirianni uh, to replace Doug Peterson, and this is year two of Nick Sirianni. And I, I even think about the strengths of their respective rosters. They both have a good tight end. Yeah, sure. Um, Kansas City has spent a lot on linebackers and second-level defenders on their defense. The Eagles have TJ Edwards. They spent a third on the Kobe Dean, but he's not real in the field. They got Kaiser White on a, a low-money contract. Uh, on a one-year deal. Um, So there's a contrast there. Philadelphia's front uh, defensively is much more, I think, robust and well-rounded than Kansas City's. Uh, They had four four players on the front that had 10-plus sacks this season, including Hassan Reddick, who was, oh, by the way, another big-money free agent signing for the team uh, this offseason. On the offensive side of the ball, I think the only thing that they have in common is they they both have star offensive lines. Um, Phillies has been anchored by the same usual cast of, of characters for what feels like 10 years now with Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and they got a big hit with a seventh-round pick in Jordan Maitala in the draft. Uh, so this was a team that has undertaken a very dramatic facelift over the past three seasons or so. And that is, in my mind, the number one contrast between them and Kansas City is Kansas City, they're all about continuity. Well, Philadelphia is the team that all the teams with quarterbacks on rookie deals aspire to be because they got the chemistry experiment right. They managed to land James Bradbury in free agency after June 1st on a $7 million deal. He's been back to Pro Bowl form at corner. You could just look at all these hurdles throughout the offseason and all these additions, starting with Hassan Reddick in free agency. And then it's it's A.J. Brown on draft night, on, on night one. And then it's James Bradbury post-June 1st. And then it's Chauncey Garner-Johnson right before the start of the league year uh, at the end of training camp. And every move that they added works. 
And that, that for me is Philadelphia. So I, I think you have better faith about Kansas City sustaining their success year over year because for Kansas City, it has literally been about continuity. Whereas Philadelphia is, we're going to gear up, build up, make a run, then we're going to have a transition. Then we're going to gear up, build up, make a run, then have a transition. And Howard Roseman's now done this three times now. So Kansas City is chasing the holy grail of we have a 20-year Super Bowl window to operate within. I think Philadelphia has a little bit different ideology, and this is just the latest iteration of what is a number of runs that Philadelphia's made at, at competing for a championship. They did, and I know you highlighted so much this in your, you know, your preview there, your overview. They did so much this off season to put them over the hump. Yeah, so much. Bradbury, Chauncey. I know you mentioned this. AJ Brown. Even the in season move to get Robert Quinn. I'm not sure that things are different if they don't trade for him. But Hassan Reddick, like there, there was a, there was a really strong understanding by Howie Roseman of of what he had. And what he needed, and what he needed, yeah, and he just he it got he got it all right. You know, I I remember you did the roster presentation for the Eagles over the summer, and it didn't take long for you to sit there and say this is like one of the best rosters in the game, right? And the concern was it hurts, right? In in certainly showed dynamic playmaking skill last year, but a reason to be nervous about him as a quarterback. But I mean, obviously, he's been able to thrive in this in this environment that they built for him. And I think it's a testament to how much the trenches matter. Like as much as we get excited about quarterbacks and receivers and all that type of stuff, man, it's still one up front and you won't find a better team collectively on both sides of the ball in football than what the Eagles have on their O-line and D-line. Yep. They, they own the line of scrimmage in just about every game that they play every game. And you're going to win. I mean, I mean, I know that you love showing up with, an elite quarterback, right? You'd love to show up every week and say, we have a chance because we have Patrick Mahomes. But my goodness, you love showing up every week and say, we got these 10 dudes on the O-line and these 10 dudes on the D-line and they can all play and we're going to win up front. I mean, it's just as big. I mean, the, the Eagles won by 24 points in a game in which, in the NFC Championship game, in a game in which Jalen Hurts was 15 of 25 for 121 yards, 4.8 yards per attempt, and a 72 passer rate. They won by 24 points. And some of that is Jalen Hurts as an athlete and a runner to be able to add extra dynamics and being plus one in the run count. But some of that is also um, just showing up and steamrolling the opposition and running the ball. And I understand San Francisco had the quarterback storyline. Fun fact, I don't know if anybody knows this, but we're talking about being able to carry a third quarterback. Literally every team in the NFL is eligible to carry a third quarterback. You just have to dedicate a 53-man roster spot to carrying a third quarterback. Mm-hmm. You could carry five quarterbacks if you wanted. Why is that? Why is this this big Christian McCaffrey at Super Bowl week talk about? How it felt like something was stolen from them because they couldn't carry another. <laughs> You're fifty three. Can look however you want it to look. Yeah. What I mean, what if they had a worse player than Josh Johnson as their QB three? That game goes differently. Right. Come come on. <laughs> right. I uh, I think the I think the Chiefs win the game. I think the Eagles win the game. Oh, really? Wow. I, I I'm going I with the the 
better quarterback that's playing better that's been on the stage before. That's what I'm leaning into. And, and I, I recognize I the path with for the Philly. team that I think is better on both sides of the line of scrimmage. All right. Well, I I hope you're right. Go birds, by the way. Go birds. You never answered my my question if you'd seen that video before. Of of what? Oh no, yeah, I never it's, saw it. It's like this nice middle-aged Vikings couple that was attending, I think it was the the conference championship game the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And it's some kid in his twenties who is head over heels pissed drunk, and he is literally just in their face, shaking his head back and forth, saying, Go birds, and like the ladies getting mad, yelling at him, and he just keeps yelling it over top of her. So very quintessential. Um, mid twenties Philadelphia sports fan vibes with that video. So every time I think about Go Birds, that's that's where my head goes. Is that kid screaming in that lady's face for no reason? Poor woman. Go Birds. Go Am birds. I breaking the tie? Yeah, we you need can. It. We need it, Christopher. Yeah. The Kansas City the, Chiefs the official win draft. The Super Bowl. Mm. Anybody want to put a Bill Bar box on that one too? Hell no! But you, <laughs> I don't feel good no, about you. any of my picks. But you, but you have to package it with the Zach Thomas Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, because yeah. I know you're. I, I clearly, I, I believe that you know that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I do. It's just a gut feeling I have. Yeah. Okay, Cow's that's going to do it for us today already. on the show. We have two truths and lies takes on takes. Correct. Mm-hmm. First two truths and a lie for February because we missed last week. Yep. That is correct. So we have a three-week showcase for two trips in line. Do we even have three weeks in February? Who knows? Draft do math. I mean, just, Sometimes scientists different don't amounts even of days. <laughs> you know, February is just doing its own thing over here. Oh, boy. Well, we'll find out. We'll start tomorrow. It'll be the first step on the journey along the way. Two trips in line takes on takes. Cockrabs, Jeremy, and Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great day. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. Go Birds. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.